jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of darkness! Hmm... Bonus time! Bonus! Ding, ding, ding! Surprise, surprise! I'm as surprised as all of you <laughs> that we're here. Uh, but, you know, I proposed. I proposed to Anthony. I didn't... I... <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> I was going to make a joke that I proposed to you, and then my brain stopped. Let me tell you, it is so hot here. <laughs> That my brain is dripping out of all of my head holes. It's brain bola. It is <laughs> brain boiler. Brain boiler. <laughs> anyway, I propose that we do a bonus episode on an actual horror movie. <laughs> I mean, frogs is like adjacent, right? Sure, yeah. The animal attacks and the swarm is horror adjacent. Um, but seeing as how you know we're in the midst of disaster july uh <laughs> still still it will never end it will never end um i said let's do a horror movie and since i had watched the green inferno and <laughs> i told anthony not to watch it i believe you heard that on our previous episode i heard you say that i i got the texts the live text as you were beginning the movie and saying i regret this already <laughs> that was literally what like three minutes in Th that I, was I literally <laughs> you hit play and then the immediate text i got it wasn't even a minute in yeah it was true it's true um, but then Anthony went and watched it anyway. I did, because, uh, like you said, Stacy, in this heat, it's one million degrees. At least. And in this heat, we make... Okay, it's not that we're known for making good choices anyway. <laughs> like, true, true. We tend to see the two... So like, when we come to a fork in the road, we see the one road that clearly leads to our destination... And then we see the other road that's like, there's like uh, potholes and scary abandoned alleyways and scary forests and Mel Gibson. And we say, let's go down that road. Yeah. Well, and there's usually something that lures us down that road. You know, we'll say, we know that that's the wrong choice, but Samara is on the airplane. She comes through the back of the seat consoles. And we imagined this uh, this movie that we're going to see, knowing somewhere deep inside that it's a mistake. Yeah, we imagined the glorious Gaylord's version where Samara is the flight attendant. Exactly. And we and get so excited. We get so excited for the worst things that are never what we want them to be. <laughs> We only have ourselves to blame. That's the thing. I, that's why this movie, like, I can't even be mad at this movie because I knew. I knew and I said, yeah, but but Lorenza Izzo. There's always that light just shining at us saying, come closer. Come closer, Stacy." Yeah. And so I said, okay. 
do it. Then I did it, and I tried to warn y'all away, like a like a like a red rum written in lipstick <laughs> on the door. And you just walked through the door anyway. You know, because you isn't is that not an invitation? You see a sign that says "Don't," but then your eyes see "Do." That's true. You're right. So we're going to talk about the Green Inferno, or should I say, the Green Inferno? Nope. <laughs> it's really bad. He spent some time workshopping that one. I, yeah, yeah. That's um, good. That was good. That was good. That's my if I were like a critic for the New York Daily News or something. <laughs> in 1989. In 1989. The Green Inferno. <laughs> Cannibal pick loses its head or i don't know whatever you know but before we get to that i do feel we should mention the passing of the icon the Mm. queen that we had been talking about in recent weeks olivia de havilland yeah r.i.p man r.i.p how Um, lucky that we got to spend so much time talking about her recently and I don't know, single-handedly resurging her into the (laughs) forefront of consciousness and media. It's true. Um, I mean, did we have a hand in her death? Actually, that's probably what we did. (laughs) We probably secreted it. Oh, no. Somehow uh, saying, I hope that all those people around her for her birthday didn't give her COVID. That, well, yeah, which was like, what, two weeks ago? (laughs) No. But, uh, but all the, because I got the Green Inferno out of the way last week or whatever, I have been free. And so since she, well, she died, what, yesterday is when we found out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have my Olivia de Havilland week planned out. A movie every night. I'm so excited. Some oh, of my favorite movies. Yeah. So many good options too. Yes, I will not be rewatching The Swarm. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have seventeen hours to kill. I, I don't have that in me, but um, man, but I watched The Heiress last night. If you yeah. haven't seen, if you haven't seen that, oh my god, she's so incredible in it. Um, my cousin Rachel, I have on the lineup. Hush, hush, sweet Charlotte. Mm. Snake Pit. Dark Mirror. Like she just. She was has always been one of my favorite actresses, and it really, I mean, 104 is a very long life, obviously. She, yeah. But, you know, it truly feels like the end of an era. We just, they, they literally don't make them like her anymore. Um, we have some very fine actors and actresses working, but they just, Hollywood is a different place, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I don't know, bumps me out. Well, and rightfully so. I mean, she's a legend. Um, she also, you know, dabbled in, uh, genre. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think we can also, anyone as petty as, as I or we could also admire her for single-handedly living this long just through pure hate, as you said. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Feud. I can't. I, I was thinking about it yesterday. I'm like, I don't know what please would please me more is if there is some afterlife, and they both ended up there and they made up, 
and hugged it out, or if they just kept it going. <laughs> if it continues. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the <laughs> that's the feature film. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and she did a lot. Um, you know, she uh, was she kind of single-handedly began the process of dismantling the studio system also yeah um so even just beyond her acting she was an activist and yeah. uh, she was a rad lady so which is interesting because gloria swanson did not name her as one of the fellow rebels in the hollywood <laughs> system in the studio system in in airport 75 however <laughs> olivia showed her who's who by then starring in airport 77 exactly when everybody had forgotten about gloria swanson <laughs> yeah. in her her black box autobiography <laughs> <laughs> and she was like best friends with betty davis so oh. i mean imagine being a fly on the wall Oh, just the amount of shit talked in that room. Mm-hmm. Man. True Queens. I mean, that's the thing is, I, like you said, she, they don't make them like that anymore. She is a, she was really the last connection to a completely different era in the century, honestly. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she was a boss. She pioneered. I shouldn't say pioneer. I keep saying pioneer. She paved the way. For elderly love triangles everywhere, or, well, at least <laughs> late 50s love triangles everywhere um, in in the swarm. And also on my list, Stacey, I still can't wait to see Lady in a Cage. And I'm going to have to... You need to do that this week. Yeah, I'm going to have to do that as my tribute watch, which also, it's been in the zeitgeist because Amy Sedaris did a Lady in the Cage parody just like a few weeks ago on her show. Mm-hmm. So. Lady in a Cage, everyone who has not seen Lady in a Cage, you need to watch Lady in a Cage. It's on Hulu. It is fucking bonkers. It looks insane. Yeah. (laughs) It's so good. It's so, so good. So. I can't wait. That's all I'll say about that. And uh, with the passing of one of Hollywood's greatest stars that we'll ever see... So long as cinema exists. Now we come to the Green Inferno. I mean, how appropriate that we do so many things wrong. (laughs) That on this show, on this episode of Green Inferno, we also have to pay tribute to the loss of a legend. I mean, well, people are probably confused. They're like, is this Gaylords of Darkness or Turner Classic Movies? I'm sure we'll also be following up their tribute. Yes. With a view, a showing and discussion of the Green Inferno. Of Green Inferno by Eli Roth. You know, this is the film that even Eli Roth fans think stinks. It is so incompetent. It really is. It is so incompetent. Yeah. I sat here... Well, one, I just was sweating. And so I, I was already, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know if I was having heat-induced hallucinations. I don't know what was occurring. But I was sitting there just experiencing, the movie was just happening to me. And I was just constantly blown away that this guy got to make this movie. That people were involved themselves in making this movie. And that this movie was made and watched and released. <laughs> and that I could access it on my television. It's real bad. What is this movie? 
party. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. I don't have a lot of experience with Eli Roth films. I admit it. What have you seen? Bits and pieces of a couple of things. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen any of them from beginning to end. I just, okay. I mean, why, why ever would I? The, I, I admittedly watched this one. Yes, I thought cannibal stuff might be fun. But I fully admit, here in front of everyone, um, that I watched it for his hot ex-wife. Which... (sighs) Okay. I am but a woman. I am but a gay woman. She's a babe. She's a babe. So... Fine. So sue me, okay? Anthony actually might sue me after this. I actually, well, I've already submitted the paperwork. <laughs> I was just, I'm just waiting for you to get served, hopefully during this episode. <laughs> I'll recording. see you. I'll see you on Judge Joe Brown, okay? Yeah. Oh, I was wanting to do divorce court with um, <laughs> Judge Toller. <laughs> You're getting a um, podcast divorce? (laughs) (laughs) What in the world? (laughs) He's so good. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, for me, at least I had that. You know what I mean? And I will admit that it left me at the end of this movie where normally I probably would have set myself on fire more (laughs) than I already was. Because I hated it so much. I, after this, I said to myself, well, it's real bad. But I'm not angry. <laughs> it's because of Lorenza Izzo. So if, you the- have, if you're going to send hate mail listeners, send it to her. <laughs> oh, wait, what? Well, it's, it's her fault for being so hot and for being, <laughs> and for lesing out now. Now you're blaming the woman. <laughs> well, look at her dressed like that. <laughs> how? how l- listen to my argument, okay? How dare she have a face like that? Okay? And be lesing out. I cannot be held responsible. That's important background, because I think you said that on the, when we discussed this before, but she was with Eli Roth when this happened? They, I think they got married afterwards, but they were, I believe they were canoodling. Yeah, and say. she was like 18 and he was like 45. <laughs> Something like that. It was a very Anna Nicole Smith, uh, Howard Marshall situation. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I think they were dating. She was like in her early 20s. He was not. Yeah. Uh, and they were dating. And then they were married for a couple of years. They got divorced. Now she's with a woman. She says she's pansexual. I'm not going to tell her she's not, but she's throwing around these words talking about how her life had been heteronormative up to this point. She went to the cubbyhole for pride, which I've been to the cubbyhole for pride. I think I was there the same year she was there, like year before this past one, oh. last year. Um, And talking like, so we, I, we, we've seen before Actors and actresses who are newly with a... I mean, look, I lived through the Anne Heche time, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, when she was talking to the aliens? Yeah, like, we've experienced this before. And so for someone to be with a woman and then be like, 
talking about heteronormativity and how she's never felt more at peace than when she went to the cubbyhole for pride. And I just say, please, just let me have this, okay? Oh, I you deserve it. I deserve it. You deserve it. So, there you go. But look, then, you know, but then also hand in hand with that is watching The Green Inferno. See, here's the difference. She was living that heteronormative life, right? Mm-hmm. And she was dating Eli Roth and she was in this piece of shit movie. Then she goes full on Les. And then what did you... Oh, she she steals the show at the end of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in that amazing red knitted outfit. <laughs> That's right. She gets like one line in Italian, but she still steals the show visually. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. what lesbianism does for you. She has it's, upgraded. Look, I know we have women listeners who are not lesbians okay i know this i accept this about our show (laughs) but i have to say it is an evolved state of being it is and uh i think every woman should try it there you go that's my argument so there you go yeah valerie solanus agrees with you yeah (laughs) oh good And things worked out well for her. Things um, worked out great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, anyway, Green Inferno. Boy, oh boy. I think what we really need to do, Anthony, is put on our thinking wigs. <laughs> and try, if we can, to navigate the labyrinth of this movie. <laughs> and answer the question, ultimately, like once and for all. Is activism so gay? <laughs> Because someone in this movie says that it is. She said, as portrayed by Sky Ferreira, who Jason told me as a singer, um, which the credits told me her name is at Sky Ferreira. Because... Oh my God. <laughs> Did you not love the this... credits? I stood up. I was alone, clearly. I'm alone in quarantine. <laughs> I suffer through this movie, but also it has its highlights, let's be real. Um, and then the the credits start rolling, and the cast has their Twitter handles next to their names, and I stood up and said, what? Please I tell could, me you actually stood up. I actually stood up and said, what? And then I sat down, and I could not stop laughing. It was so beautiful. So I, I was really blown away. I didn't follow any of them on Twitter like it would me to. But yeah, Sky Ferrer says activism is so fucking gay. I mean, like, very early in the movie. What? I thought you were going to ask Stacy that we put on our thinking wigs and figure out what this movie is about or well, I what mean, the yeah. moral is. <laughs> That's the big question. It's like what is Eli Roth trying to say with this movie? I can't figure it out. It's all over the place. Uh, if he's trying to go for a, oh, the non-tribal people are the bad guys, you know, like, it, like you know, a lot of the original cannibal films did that. It was like, it was actually the white people that were the bad guys. Yeah. But but he's not really doing that. I don't think he knows. No, he doesn't have, it's, it's very clear that Eli Roth is trying to do the thing of like uh it's 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 yeah it's like those older cannibal films or like a george romero film where you're trying to infuse some social consciousness into your work right but 
it, it would be like if Romero sympathized with Dennis Hopper in Land of the Dead, but then also a sympathize. Like, you can't... He just keeps going... He tries to have it both ways with every set of storylines and characters. Yes. All sandwiched through, like, duty jokes. <laughs> and it's just... What is being said? What is being said and how is it being said? The tone of this movie is all over the place. Oh, my God, yeah. The yeah. duty jokes. The the diarrhea... Let's not... Duty is too polite, right? It, it's There's diarrhea jokes. It's, it's full-on green apple splatters. Um, pot jokes. Oh, my God. <laughs> that might be my favorite part of the movie. Watching it from the perspective of... Oh, this'll be like the naughty cannibal movies of my youth. Um, it's not. It's so much more tame compared to those. Um, yeah, it really is. It, it's not horrifying like those were. It's just, it's all over the place. The humor didn't work for me at all. Yeah, it, it keeps defaulting to this, like, that, like, horror bro, like, hatchet, like, Adam Green, which I guess is also Eli Roth, like, era humor. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't, you can't have that at the same time that you're supposed to have characters in like an end of their life horror situation. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's what, um, I think I mentioned it on the show last, I don't know, I, if I'm repeating myself from last week's show, I apologize. But time no longer has meaning, okay? We know this. Um, but it was a shock to me. To, like, be immersed in the bro horror era again. Because even though it's 2013, which is kind of like the tail end of that era. Mm -hmm. The first, that's when I texted you in, like, the first five minutes of, like, the conversation between Justine, Lorenza Izzo, and her roommate, Sky Ferreira. Where it's just, like, dialogue for women written by a bro. And the women are just like, you're such a bitch. You're so skinny. Oh, my God. Don't say that. Uh, what? You want to be skinny. Like, I'm starving myself. Like, just, oh, God, no. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like that thing that happens in, like, um, Black Xmas, the remake, mm. where it's like you get, it's it's that, that bro writing that I hate with women where women, like, say gay or they call each other bitches. And it's just, like, the, the way that women don't actually speak. Yeah. Uh, it, but at the same time, at least in Black Xmas, like, it's an all-woman cast, and, like, the actors kind of have fun with it. Yes. And it's, like, there's a level of melodrama and over-the-top, but this is, like, it's also through, like, it. it's just so broy yeah. that you don't even get, like, a female voice kind of shaking it up somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, even with, like, because, like, Lorenza Izzo doesn't get to do anything in this movie. She just experiences the movie. Mm-hmm. But, like, her character makes no big decisions or any, like, I mean, arguably maybe. But, like, she just, it just kind of happens to her. Yeah. And then Sky Ferreira plays, <laughs> I actually kind of loved how just, like, apathetic and awful she was. <laughs> yeah. But, like, she's just, like, clearly, like, his idea of, like, just this angry white college girl apathetic college girl like that first scene when they, there's the the protest happening on campus and they're they're doing a hunger strike and you know it's important because they all are sitting on the lawn right in front of their dorm room and they look out and they they're here like they hear the protests and and sky ferrera says 
uh, honestly, I hope they starve to death. <laughs> and then somebody <laughs> says, yeah, seriously, then we can get some sleep in this bitch. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> Yeah. Well, the, the thing with these movies is it's like, I think the, the bros who were making them sometimes tried to be more evolved. And so they would have more women characters in their movies, but they just wrote them the way they would write the men. Yeah, like, yeah, there's, yeah, there's yeah. no consideration. Plus, all the characters are the fucking same, right? Like, I mean, there's not a great variety in uh, character voice. No. At all. But, you know, it's like, that's why, like, this film is another example of when they do want to put gay shit in their movies, it's lesbians, because the men figure that, the, the straight men figure they are the exact same as lesbians, so that'll give them a little diversity, and they just write them as if they're straight men. <laughs> Where's the lesbian in this? She's like covered in tattoos and she's like, yeah, I got nudes from half the campus on my <laughs> cell phone and they're all freshman girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what fucking dyke is this? I have <laughs> like, never met this person in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are lesbian fuckboys, like, you know, make no mistake. But it's like the men just figure like, oh, lesbians have sex with women. I have sex with women. We're the same thing. And it's like, it, that could not be more wrong. And so it's just... Uh, yeah, and, and trying, here's, I guess. here's the lesbian with her James Franco-like collection of nudes on her phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of half the freshman girls. Yeah. Like, what is happening here? Uh, it's incredible. Uh, it's, yeah. So it, uh, at least... I don't know. I mean, I'm so glad the bro horror eras. I mean, I'm sure there's still bro horror happening, but that era is real done. Yeah, because this was 2013. Mm-hmm. And then two years later, The Witch happened, which really switched things up. Exactly. And wasn't this, wasn't, hadn't this, I wasn't this supposed to have come out for a while, but then it kept getting delayed or there was some drama around it or it was like too controversial yeah it got banned it was this that and the other thing and it's like who knows how much of it is true um and it was supposed to have a sequel too that was mentioned like once <laughs> with another director um beyond the green inferno i think oh um, really yeah and it was mentioned like once or twice and then just everyone's just pretended that was never said <laughs> so. <laughs> so the controversy that kept this movie from being released was the people on the inside watching it yeah <laughs> they're like oh yeah. no yeah so how would you sum up the events of this film stacy uh justine is a college freshman a wide-eyed and hot <laughs> that's her shirt <laughs> that's her shirt um she spies a group of activists that you mentioned earlier on campus kind of joins up with them after some troubles getting in because alejandro the swarthy douchebag in charge is like you don't you're not really an activist such a fuck boy yeah, you don't really care about any of this. And she's like, yes, I do. I hate female genital mutilation. That's her big, like, pet peeve cause is female genital mutilation. Yeah, because she learned about it 
in she a, learned about it. in a class yeah. in a like a whip i was kind of into the like women's studies class that she was into though yeah with that like pe teacher professor <laughs> yeah <laughs> with yeah. Her, her cropped hair yep justine's dad is an, an attorney for the united nations um and they let her in the group they're gonna go to peru to stop a petrol company from clearing the forest and displacing a tribe um so a bunch of eager young activists get go to peru including justine and alejandro and his bitch girlfriend <laughs> and uh <laughs> The lesbian and her kind of girlfriend and a couple other dudes and one dude who's really into Justine. So they go to Peru and they chain themselves to trees to, you know, they've all brought their cell phones. And this is what they're going to do is they're going to film this happening. And the Internet is going to be so outraged that, uh, you know, surely the petrol company will be defeated. Right. Because that's how it works. Activism achieved. Yeah. So as they're chained to the tree, um, Justine's lock malfunctions or whatever, and one of the like mercenaries comes over with a gun and he's about to shoot her. And then they finally, it's stopped by some guy. (laughs) 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 He's like the drug dealer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Carlos. Carlos, who Alejandro knows. Um, It turns out that this was all staged. Um, they were planning for a lot of exposure and whether Justine was killed or not, it would have been great for Alejandro's cause. And Justine is real mad. And I don't blame her. She's has every right to be mad at that piece of shit. Yeah. So she pouts at everybody. And even Jonah, the dude who's really into her, she's like, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. She says, fuck off. Fuck off, man. Yeah. She's just... <laughs> She's gonna what? Get back to the states and let us out. <laughs> With who? <laughs> With a blogger of all things. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> so they're in their little piece of shit plane. They're gonna leave, and then the next thing you know, the engine explodes and the plane crashes. And the plane crash was like my favorite scene of the movie, as far as the like crazy horror stuff goes. Um, when they go upside down and Jonah pukes upside down and the puke yeah. is in his eye. <laughs> yeah. I liked that. I liked that. I liked when the branch or whatever it was came through the thing and decapitated the dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I really liked the plane crash. I was like, oh, shit. Okay, stuff's gonna happen. Because it had been like a half an hour at that point, 45 that's a, minutes. That's the thing is that we need to clarify that that happened. That set piece that gets them into the next set piece, which is the key set piece of the film happens like 45 minutes in the movie and they've already had three massive set pieces and settings at that point where mm-hmm. nothing has happened right. <laughs> yeah. except yeah. awful people being annoying <laughs> mm-hmm. so the plane crashes a lot of people die some people do not die um and then the tribes people are there they've heard the plane crash and they're all you've seen them in pictures people you know they're covered in red paint next thing you know blow darts blow darts blow darts <laughs> Uh, some people are captured and brought back to the tribal village, right? We have Justine, we have the lesbian and her maybe girlfriend. We have Alejandro and Jonah and another dude and another dude. Uh, the tribal people immediately take Jonah and put him on the table. And this is your big cannibal feast scene, right? Uh, you know, they cut off this, they poke out that. 
they poke out his eyeballs and the village elder comes and eats them. Like, she scoops them out of his head and eats the eyeballs right there. Yeah. Which was pretty, that was pretty gross. Yeah, that's pretty gross. Um, but this, that death scene is like the big cannibal death scene. That's it. (laughs) It's all downhill from there in terms of gore, if that's what you're looking for. Um, so from there, they try to escape, they don't escape, they try, but they get more blow darts. Uh, the village elder comes along, takes all the women, and sticks them in the cooch with a pointy thing, and figures out that <laughs> just <laughs> figures out that Justine is a virgin, and so they take her away to prep her for the genital mutilation ceremony. Would you believe it? We were just talking about it. Who expected that? They were talking, the PE teacher was talking about that happening in Africa. Now it's happening in Peru. It's happening everywhere, Anthony. Wow. Uh, Who knew these non-white people hated women so much? I, uh, white people hate women just as much, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that's what nobody's actually talking. (laughs) There's no reason to be racist about it, you know? Yep. Um... And we know that Justine really does not enjoy genital mutilation because she said so much earlier. So the, the lesbian gets away for a hot minute. Um, and then a minute later, they're feeding everybody and her kind of girlfriend notices that she has a piece of the lesbian's skin in her bowl. <laughs> because there's a tattoo on it. And so then she smashes her ceramic bowl and cuts her own throat. And I liked that part. I thought that was pretty cool baller of her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, my God. You know, they put Justine in, in tribal paint. Um, they stuff their illicit bag of pot into the lesbian's body. No, the throat slashy's body so that when the natives cook her, the pot fumes will get them all high. And you say to yourself, no, this will not work. I need to understand how the science behind this functions, Stacey. Listen, I have a friend who makes edibles, okay? I've had experiences with too many of their edibles that I will not (laughs) go into here. (laughs) I'm going to guess some toast was involved. Except I will say that occasionally... The theme song from Curb Your Enthusiasm plays through my mind and I start to have, like, bad acid flashbacks. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's as far as I'll go with that story. <laughs> what a tease. But I have learned a slight bit about making edibles. And you don't just, like, take a bag of pot and stuff it into cookie dough and then cook the cookie you know you gotta make it and mix it in with the butter exactly and you've got to make the weed butter and then you cook with that right in this they literally take a bag of weed in the plastic (laughs) so it locks in the freshness and they just shove it inside their friend's throat and then they stick it down with the stick so that it's down extra deep so we're at most as they as the natives then put this lady the the corpse of dead lady into the their oven their like clay oven or whatever this thing is easy bake their easy bake oven with palm fronds at the front <laughs> as they put her in there at the, at most what that would have done is it would have just it, she would have had a nice weed smoked flavor instead the entire village gets high and you can tell because they're all laughing and playing with their food and laughing. 
I said, well, first of all, we, maybe we need to rewind a little bit because I say these people are eating these people as if uh, they eat people on the regular, right? That... Because would they that, not dress the bodies as what well? if you if you go kill a deer because you're gonna have venison you don't take the whole deer body and put it in the oven why are they not <laughs> dressing these why are they not cutting them open and taking the innards out and doing things with those instead they're just chopping off arms and legs and then putting the entire thing in the oven it just doesn't seem practical to me well and then that touches on the many different layers of Eli Roth trying to have, trying to be the girl with the most cake. That's what he's trying to do here. Yeah. And trying to make something that is like, where he's like, oh, no, man, I'm making fun of the activists that are like, that aren't really true activists. And it's like, oh, so so they're like, okay, so the natives are, it. they just happen to be in a cannibal situation. But they explain that the cannibal situation is happening. They are being eaten because they were wearing the green uh, high visibility suits that the construction workers they were protesting were wearing. And that's how they infiltrated them to do their protest in the first place. Right. And so Alejandro even says when they're going to kill Jonah, he says they think we're the enemy. And so the ritualized process of eating the enemy is a way to explain and to make up for a racist depiction, right? <laughs> and we, you know, we see an old skeleton that's all nasty with still some stuff on it. And I just say, if these people, there's a lot of people that they have to feed in that tribe. Okay? They can't have that many bodies that they can be so wantonly, uh, you know, not preserving any of it. They, they're not salting any of this meat to hold on to. No. They're just shoving the whole... Like, if you get a turkey for Thanksgiving or whatever, you take the insides out. Exactly. So, the pot thing just wouldn't work, but it does work. I don't want to be Neil deGrasse Tyson here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you. We did get a little too scientific. So, uh, Alejandro has revealed by this point that even... The protest that they did was also a scam, okay? He was doing that for another petrol company that wanted the rights to this land. And so none of anything means anything. And yeah, he sold out, but all the money he's getting from the petrol company, he can put to good use. Yeah, because he wants to get their activist group on Reddit. (laughs) Which he needs so much money for. It's true. Um, and so his message of like fake activism and all that, it's like everybody except for Alejandro thought they were doing something good. Yeah. They weren't fake activists. Yeah. Alejandro is just a dick. He's just a dick. Right. So, okay. The tribe is all high and then somebody gets captured and they eat him because quote, oh no, they have the munchies. Which which then just proves that th- these people, that Eli Roth, who's saying it's, this isn't a racist depiction because they only eat their enemies. Now they're just eating someone in their full clothes. Like, it's like a Romero feast. Mm-hmm. Just biting through their clothes and all this stuff. And I'm like, this is... Look, <laughs> Anthony, you can object, but clearly you don't know the dangers of marijuana. Okay? <laughs> You're I did see that Helen Hunt PSA from so long ago. Yeah. I and guess that let, was crack. Let me tell you, 
my Curb Your Enthusiasm Nightmare Evening. <laughs> Who did you eat, Stacy? <laughs> well, I was alone. So when you see me next time, count how many fingers I have. Okay? Oh, no. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> just sitting there? I thought they were hot dogs. <laughs> You're a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> it's the pot, man. <laughs> you just when you have the munchies, munch you must. Okay. So in this horror film, is I'm like Stacy, and you turn around and you're humming the Curb Your Enthusiasm song, and your fingers are falling out of your mouth. <laughs> yeah. It's real. Honestly, it's just another day in quarantine. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So Justine and Daniel make their way back to the plane, but then you know, blow darts, blow darts. They're caught again. Uh, they drag them back. The other dude is tied to a stake, and he they put computer ants on him. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't know why they hurt. They were just computer. That, okay, even if the computer ants, like, bit him or anything, but in, they just crawl on him. Yeah. And he just goes, ah! Ah, not the bees! Not the yeah. bees! <laughs> uh, so now Justine is in full body paint. You've seen the pictures, everybody. The white body paint with the red on her face. She looks pretty good. I'm not I feel lie. like you've seen the picture. <laughs> you've studied the pictures very closely, everybody. <laughs> the, the Repeatedly. Teen, the Teen Beat Centerfold. <laughs> Cannibal Beat <laughs> It's on my wall. Um, so she's there preparing her for her big mutilation quinceanera. And she's not happy about it. Um, then the <laughs> the tribe splits off because the petrol company's coming. And so they're going to go fight them, I guess. One thing leads to another. Justine escapes through with help of a child who is entranced by her magical flute necklace. Oh, yeah, because she has a backstory of having, being a, fl- a flautist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all just so that she has this necklace. To You know what I mean? Like, it's just so silly. Well, I think the kid really is a little bit of a little baby Stacy and thinks she's hot. <laughs> Probably. Because why else would the kid break their tradition, their honored traditions, and and, like, cut her free... And, like, let her go, lead her away. You've never had a girl toot a flute at you, have you? <laughs> maybe that's a euphemism. Maybe it's not. <laughs> they have music in this tribe. I don't understand why this kid is so transplixed by white girl flute. <laughs> well, it's a white girl flute. Um, so the kid helps her escape. She runs, runs, runs. She sees the the tribe fighting the mercenaries. Uh, she is helped across the river with the power of the black jaguar. <laughs> <laughs> the CGI black jaguar. CGI black jaguar. The natives are terrified of the black jaguar. Um, but it doesn't go after her. It just looks at her. Yeah, so, she just walks right past it. Yeah. Uh, she convinces the mercenaries that she's actually a white lady and not a native, even though she's got all that paint on. She's flown to safety. She meets with her UN attorney dad and other people who are like, what happened? And she's like, 
everybody died in the crash. The natives were so awesome. And the petrol company killed all the natives. And you're like, whoa, man, Justine, wow, that's such a lie. <laughs> Is that what you said when you stood up? <laughs> These are yummy. Yeah, wow, man. <laughs> that's why we're talking about this movie. You got high. <laughs> um, but then, okay. Justine looks out her window, and the activists are activisting again, and now they all have t-shirts on with Alejandro's picture of it, like Che Guevara. So yep. he's full-on Che Guevara. He's full been che. martyred. He's been martyred by these people. And you're like, oh no, what's going on? And then the credits roll, and you note the Twitter handles, and you stand up off of your couch, and you say, what?! And then you sit down and you laugh. And then the credits, about halfway through, you think it's over, but no, no. <laughs> You hear a phone call, and it's Alejandro's sister calling Justine, saying, I saw a picture of Alejandro. I know what you did last summer. And then you see a satellite <laughs> photo of Alejandro, and he is looks like he's running, and he's in the body paint of one of the tribal elders. Oh, that's what that was. I thought it was like a health goth look that he took yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. And then the movie finally ends... And you say, oh, I can't wait for Beyond the Green Inferno. I gotta know what happens with Alejandro and Justine. But too bad, it's never coming, baby. <laughs> where, where Alejandro shows up to the campus in his paint and tries mm-hmm. to get her. And good blow dart, blow dart, next thing you know. <laughs> and then he flies her back to Peru, yes. which he has been trying to escape from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, the question is, who's the real monster, Anthony? Is activism gay? (laughs) (laughs) But hey, at that ending, when she did, you know, she became the real activist by sacrificing Alejandro. And for the good of the tribal people, and they say, the UN men, who I'm assuming are UN people because her dad was there or something. Mm -hmm. Like... They're all like, you know, it's because of you that this tribe was saved. Yeah. And so she's the real activist, right? So maybe, Stacey, that's code and activism really is gay. And that's Lorenza. That was Lorenza. It took her. It was like me as as a younger person watching Object of My Affection and something snapped in my little brain. And just like that for Lorenza, she saw that line in the screening and she looked at Eli and she started to feel doubt. And then she said activism is so fucking gay and so am i and so am i what is this heteronormative colonialist life i've been living mm-hmm. i think you're right oh mm-hmm. my god okay so this is a queer horror masterpiece <laughs> this is a coming out story <laughs> this is a coming out story a real life coming out story <laughs> queer horror masterpiece thank you there's unfortunately there's no eye horror elements except for the satellite imaging at the end maybe sure yeah and everybody has phones and tries to use them (laughs) (laughs) and he says reddit he says reddit (laughs) that's about the extent of the oh and they they went viral they went they did their original thing went viral yeah they got picked up on the on the blogs yeah So, uh, it's fucking movie, right? (laughs) Fuck this movie. Remember when, remember when they had the, um, you mentioned this before, but 
when they followed the big, big, big set piece of Jonah being eaten, which I did enjoy that Eli Roth is, like, so um, thoughtful of a filmmaker that, like, <laughs> he has uh, the fat character get eaten first. Yeah. Well. Um, <laughs> and then they they follow that, like, big cannibal set piece. It's so gross out, and the only time it happens in the movie. They follow that with um, Les' girlfriend vegan les girlfriend shitting herself everywhere mm-hmm. and then the entire scene you just hear it's like what is this dumb and dumber it's literally the dumb and dumber toilet scene yeah i mean nothing nothing you know keeps you on the edge of your seat of terror and like all of this like a dumb and dumber diarrhea set piece <laughs> It's <laughs> the whole scene! And all the natives are like, ha ha ha, pee you! Yeah. <laughs> and that's when you start to question their like, choices. You know? That's when you start to question. Yeah. Not the opening scene with the line activism. Well, so yeah. Gay. Clearly, you have the text conversation to prove it. Oh. But Why I was. Uh, Why was Alejandro such an insufferable cunt? It was just too convoluted also. It was so... There were so many different direct... Where it's it's the natives are evil. No, the natives are good. Except they're eating all of them. But they're really not the bad guys. But the mercenaries are the bad guys. Except at the end when the mercenaries are the bad guys because they're killing all the natives. But then they save her. (laughs) So now they're the good guys. So they take Lorenzo. So now the mercenaries are good. But, But Alejandro's the real villain. Except he's an activist but activism is good <laughs> but it's not because it's gay but yeah that's honestly like that's the through line it just really plays with my loyalties man you know what i mean it's like suspiria 2018 makes... where like, <laughs> Could you every act- time i watch it i'm just like oh i you know now i see their point of view oh no i don't i don't like that person that's what dave really got wrong in the script for suspiria i mean i for, for, forgive me, Dave, if you're listening to our episode on the Green Inferno, but um, <laughs> you know he he didn't capture the reality of boarding school or dorm life like Green Inferno did, where you yeah. know you never saw Sarah being like, oh God, I'm hearing these footsteps all night, and it's just I wish I could just sleep through this bitch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that dialogue was missing. Yeah, Klemperer wasn't like dancing is so gay. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's what would have happened if if uh, uh pineapple Gordon express yeah, yeah, yeah if pineapple express made the movie yeah so uh do i recommend this movie absolutely not will i probably own it on blu-ray within the year <laughs> within the week man <laughs> it has a behind the scenes interview it's quarantine, okay? Oh, with Lorenza? Mm-hmm. Well, let me know what you learn. I still have so many questions. I want to know what was up with that. <laughs> one of the 17 endings, the one where she's walking through the campus, and then she sees Alejandro, and she's like, oh, yeah. Alejandro! And he turns around, and then she suddenly has the scary gum mouth with the little spike teeth at the end, and she bites into his neck. That, Anthony! <laughs> That is called PTSD, okay? Oh, oh. You see, she was having terrible nightmares. 
as a result of it. Where she was like, I don't, who's the gum mouth now? Is it me? (laughs) Oh, she was grappling with what she did to him. Right. What she did with the really bad person that endangered the lives of everyone she knew and got all these people killed. And the same guy who, while they were trying to plan an escape, he was masturbating next to them in the cage for some Oh, yeah, I forgot about that part. What was that scene? Why was he masturbating? And he's like, you gotta do it to stay alive. They won't kill us (laughs) if I masturbate in this scene. And then Daniel starts fighting with him. He's like, come on, man. And then they're fighting, and you still hear, like... He's just masturbating. What? I. <laughs> but then again, you put Lorenza Izzo in there. Listen, she went to the cubby hole, okay? <laughs> That's the pull quote. <laughs> I forgot about the masturbating. That's the bo- That's the most crucial scene in this film. Besi- next to the weed. The diarrhea. The diarrhea. The. CGI computer ants and black jaguar. The sudden penis when one of them goes to the bathroom outside. Did you like that part? Oh, yeah. But it was weird because they only show, like, the root. What what do you call the bait? The, the, the trunk. The trunk. They only show the trunk. <laughs> yeah. And I said, you don't, you're not showing me the whole... The full Monty. You're showing. Why like, would why just show part of it? Like if you're gonna, I mean, was it a ratings thing where it's like it's literally like you can show this much but not that much? I don't know. Oh yeah, maybe it's because he was supposed to be peeing, and so they didn't want to commit like Chris Maloney did in Oz. Right. Um, but it did reward us with the line of him running back after he after we showed we saw his penis, and then he says, "A fucking tarantula almost bit my dick off." <laughs> And then everybody literally went, <laughs> and they all got back in the boat. <laughs> and then they all died. And then they all died. That's the one kindness. My God, this movie. Here's the thing. I'm not going to be, I'm not trying to be a Quentin Tarantino apologist or Stan or any of that. I liked his movies up till Django. I liked when I knew that he wasn't a horrible person more expressly. I liked his latest film. However, I think he actually can still construct a movie, and I think he's still a pretty okay writer and director. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why he's friends with Eli Roth. <laughs> well, I'm sure they both talk about movies all the time. You know, I mean, why does this movie exist? Because Eli Roth loves cannibal. But he's completely incompetent. And it's just, it's so funny to me that he's like, oh yeah, I'm going to do what my idol's doing here. Just like how Tarantino keeps re- making movies with the same time like there's a, there's a ton of movies called Django or there's Inglorious Bastards was the name of another film there's like two other movies called The Green Inferno mm-hmm. and so he's like I'm gonna do what 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 QT what Daddy Q always does and I'm gonna do it myself with this and then it, but he's just so incompetent he's so inept yeah he's so inept yeah I even people who like him agree that this is not a good movie so, what does that tell you? For nope. And yet, and yet, those Blu-ray sales just went up by one. <laughs> it has now sold one copy. <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to say it's not going to happen, okay? Fine. I'll admit that right here. But, I mean, who knows? 
I still haven't gotten the Poison Ivy Blue Red box set, so frankly, I talk a big game a lot of times. You do? You do. Well, you just make a lot of, you issue a lot of threats, <laughs> is what you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I'm, I'm not going to watch Hostel 2 again, but I really want to watch that for the, to see his, more of his handle on women. Oh, see? Oh, sure, Anthony. Well, I want to, well, I, you know, I said on this show at some point that I was interested in, like, someone needs to do, like, some kind of a retrospective about his work, and there's sort of, like, xenophobic post-9-11 kind of attitudes and all that, but it would entail watching Eli Roth films. You'd have to watch them. And I just, I mean, she's not in all of them. No, but Hostel 2, you get Heather Matarazzo and Bijou Phillips. You're right. Acceptable. They showed a penis in that, too. Is he trying to bait me? Maybe activism is gay, Anthony. Activism is gay. And maybe Eli Roth is a little. Maybe he protests a little too much. He did throw that word fag around an awful lot in those days. So did everybody, but, you know. But, you know, I don't, this gay does not want him. I don't want him in this. No, no. In our in our clique. No. Can't sit at this table. No. And but honestly, green of, green of, but he made a, a queer horror masterpiece in the green and front. He really did. <laughs> <laughs> he really did. That's going to have to go in the book. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, my God. And I mean, of all his sins, he's made all these inept films, and yet he can't make a full-length version of Thanksgiving. The only good thing he's done. Yeah. Well, what does that tell you? Lorenza could have been in it. She could have been in it. He should just work in trailers. It's true. You know, maybe Green Inferno could have been a great trailer. So was this, I don't know, this might be my quarantine low point. Was it yours? Or have you gone lower? I mean, Rings was real bad. Oh, yeah. Rings might. Rings was real bad. I, But granted, I had Lorenza Izzo. That's the thing is, I'm thinking back and I don't think Rings was fun. No. Like this had, this was so stupid that I could have fun hating it. Right. And I was waiting to see where it was going to go. Like I was as bad as it was. I was uh, transfixed to an extent because I was like, wait, give me the goods. Give me those cannibal goods. That's like me. I was like, I want to watch it so I can see how racist it is. Right. And so I kept waiting to see more racism. (laughs) Like, (laughs) just because I'm only fueled by anger now. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So I now I think Rings has probably been the low so far. I'd have to look back at our archive, I suppose. But I but Rings is what immediately comes to mind. You're really right. Rings was really awful. It was really bad. Oh God, I hope none of our listeners had to watch this movie. Everyone you all like to watch what we watch just so you feel informed or do your homework. And that's really sweet, but like sometimes you just need to say no to us. Sometimes you need to take care of yourselves. <laughs> Practice self-care, you cucks. (laughs) (laughs) So, but anybody who does has watched it for this, uh, I apologize. We're very sorry. We we apologize to Olivia de Havilland and her estate for coming anywhere near this (laughs) subject matter. Yeah. Um, We only hope it can fuel your future feuds in the afterlife. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, Inferno. With that, uh, 
<laughs> Little dung pile out of the way. <laughs> Diarrhea pile. Stacy, are you ready to step on up to the chopping block? The scene is set. This is really, honestly, like, I'm sweating, but because it's literally 18 degree. Wait, my, <laughs> my brain doesn't even work. I think it's cold. <laughs> I've, I've got the fear sweats now, too, because this is a, these are, this, the head stay is right there. Oh, sharpening the old axie. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Um. So the, the chopping block, right? One person asks the questions. One person answers the questions. There are three categories with five questions in each. Uh, the person answering questions chooses a category. They have ten seconds to answer the question. They get their head cut off. You try to make it to the end of your category. Yep. So right. far it hasn't happened. <laughs> no, and it's not going to happen here because I'm scared. <laughs> Do you tear up? No. <laughs> we made it how far last? Because we premiered this on Wednesday's episode. We made this. I got killed on the first question. I got killed on the second question. Yeah, you made Yeah, you answered the question about your experience with Amy Steele. And then you yeah. got killed immediately after that. Mm-hmm. Are you, who's up, who's up first to the chopping block? Oh, you answered first last time, so I guess I have to answer first this time. All right, Stacy, go go place secure your head on the block there. I don't I hate this. Come on, here I've got some body paint for you if you'd like that. <laughs> nice <laughs> commemorative right. cooch claw. Um, <laughs> you've got three categories to choose from, and I did repurpose some from last time. Okay. Um, okay, categories are. Haunted dolls. Name that ghost. Or terror at 30,000 feet. (gasps) (laughs) I can't even choose a category. I'm going to (laughs) lose. I'm going to lose. Name that ghost. Mama. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, that's what you said last time. Are you going for that category or not? I am going to go with that category. Thank you. And I'm going to make that joke every time this category comes up. So All right. prepare yourselves. Name that ghost. You have 10 seconds after ah. I ask the question. Question one. While he wasn't an antagonist in the original film, what ghost had his eye on Eleanor in the remake of The Haunting? Hugh Crane. Thank you. Ding, ding, ding. Question two. The ghost of this alleged witch is said to be responsible for the murders of three intrepid young filmmakers in Burkittsville, Maryland. Ellie Kenward. Ding, ding, ding. Question three. (laughs) Already you're making a record here. Mama. (laughs) You just get your head chopped off. (laughs) That's how we have to make it more sadistic if you speak out of turn. Question three, what guttural ghost not only has a new Netflix series, but also starred in a versus movie of her own with Sadako? Oh, 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 um, Kayako? Ding, ding, ding. Oh my God. Question four, what was the name of the ghost pig demon doubling as an imaginary friend 
in the Amityville Horror. Jody! Jody! Jody, you said? Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. <gasps> oh my god. Question five. This is an all time record. Question five. This made-for-TV Disney movie traumatized children with its gr glowing green ghoul, and his name was Mr. What? Mr. Haunted Mansion? <laughs> Mr. Oh! <laughs> Stacey, while your head has been severed from your body, our judges checked in and Mr. Haunted Mansion was an acceptable <laughs> answer. It was Mr. Boogity. I was going to say that. But you said Mr. Haunted Mansion. <laughs> <laughs> you made it to question five. We were rooting for you. <laughs> you said Mr. Haunted You didn't. Oh, well. <laughs> no, I didn't. Wow, but good job. Thank you. That was exhilarating. I feel like this might be the only time in the history <sighs> of this show and the future of this game show segment that we will ever get that far. No, you're going to do great on this. I don't think so. I'm, oh, I God. Do. Oh, God. I'm getting this, this the fierce sweats. You oh, no. It. Oh, no. I now I'm getting the... <laughs> oh no! Oh Alright. Alright. Your categories for the chopping block are <laughs> Disaster July Horror mm -hmm. Actresses mm -hmm. and Woman Doctor. Oh, Oh, I gotta go with Woman Doctor. I feel like this one's gonna kill me, but I have to go with Woman Doctor. No, you've got this. Oh, God. Okay, okay. All right, here we go. Woman Doctor, question one. Ellen Page played a medical student in the 2017 version of Flatliners. Which actress played a medical student in the original film? Julia Roberts. Yes, ding, ding, ding. Oh, my God, yay! <laughs> Question two. Naomi Watts is a medical student in the fourth installment of which horror franchise? What? Naomi Watts? In the fourth installment? Oh, oh, hey! <laughs> Head. The answer we were looking for was Children of the Corn. Motherfucker! For real? It's Naomi Watts and Karen Black in Children of the Corn for The Gathering. In four? Mm-hmm. You get both of them? I thought Charlize as a cameo in three was a pinnacle. No, and Children of the Corn 4 is actually not a bad movie. Really? Yeah. I've seen it more than once, even. You said Naomi Watts, and I was like, I got this. I've seen The Ring, and then I got killed. <laughs> you did get killed. 
<laughs> I did terrible. <laughs> no, you got oh. one right. I got one right. That's better than I did last time. If I had said Ellen Page and Julia Roberts, like if I had, if you had to guess the movie, would you have gotten it? Do you think? I would have said, I, I honestly, when you started, the, it, it's so funny the experience of this game because you, your brain immediately just starts to reach for words, like Mister Haunted Mansion. Yes, all I could think because <laughs> I was like, oh, she's gonna ask the name, and like I knew it was one word, and I could see the word flatliners. But my brain was reaching for, um, I spit on your daylight. And I was like, that's not a movie. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's not a movie. Wow. So I here I talk a big game, making fun of your Mr. Haunted Mansion. Meanwhile, <laughs> I spit on your daylight was what I was reaching for. Flatliner, also known as Flatliners. Also known as Flatliners. Well... Wow, thus concludes another exciting segment of the chopping block. Yeah. Whew. I love this game. It's so upsetting. It's really upsetting. It's really fun. Stacy, we could market this as like a like a trivial pursuit, like a at home game. Mm-hmm. And you get the little you get the little heads they figure. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have to set up the guillotine and all that stuff. But then oh, would you put your fingers in it? I guess you I guess they'd have like putty people. I'm sorry, we're gonna just let, would you put your fingers in it? We're gonna just let that sit there? (laughs) On this episode? That's the tagline for the game. (laughs) Would you put your fingers in it? It's also my college slogan. (laughs) As your PE teacher holds up her machete. (laughs) Oh, God. Well... I feel significantly um, warm (laughs) and and informed by everything we learned today. We learned a lot. We learned that uh, Lorenza Izzo is hot. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, We learned that (laughs) Stacy... Yes. (laughs) ...ate her fingers when she got high. (laughs) Uh, just another week at Gaylords, am just I right? Just another week. Uh, we'll be back for more Disaster July. Oh yeah, spoiler alert, Disaster July is not over. It's not over. That's why this is a bonus episode, mm-hmm. in case you're out there going, what's with all these disaster movies on a horror podcast? You might say, hey, calendar month July is over. And also, July is over. Why is it still Disaster July? Because Disaster July uh, extends past all known boundaries of time and space. Disaster July is a state of mind, baby. Mm-hmm. Much like the Green Inferno. <laughs> <laughs> wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, Oh oh my my god! Oh Oh my my god! God. Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Darkness!